I'm delighted to be with you today. This is Jim Laws along with Nat Ayers. And we're speaking to you on behalf of the Gospel is for All radio broadcast brought to you by the Broadway Church of Christ in Tyler, Texas. It's a beautiful day in Tyler, and I hope it's just as beautiful wherever you are. Why not take your Bible and follow along with us as we study from its pages today? Nat, we're looking at a very important topic today, and it comes to us from 2 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 10. I'm going to ask you to read that for us in just a moment. Why not get your Bible and find that passage, 2 Peter chapter 2? And one of the points that it surely mentions and teaches is the fact that God does mean what he says. We can have confidence in the Word of God and the truth of God. Now, there's a lot of things that create doubt in our world and cause insecurity. And I think that maybe if we we could start with uh, this idea, you know, world governments uh, rise and fall, and you have uh, governments fighting and are involved in war and military conflicts with one another, and it causes insecurity in the minds of a lot of people. Uh, There's the degeneration of morality in our culture. Uh, The moral code of our culture is far less than what it used to be. And certainly far less than what the Bible teaches. Uh, There is a spirit of anarchy across the country. It seems like there's an anger uh, in our country. It seems like there's a a fed-up kind of attitude in our country that has been fostered in a number number of ways over a period of time. And then there's a lot of hatred that people have one for the other. For example, the races. There's a lot of discussion about the races and the different races of people that we have in our country and how to get along and how to deal with each other. And it's created a lot of hatred one toward the other. And then there's always the discussion about the development of nuclear weapons and what country's done this. And I think I saw just the other day where the North Korea has launched a missile and right. the world leaders are concerned about that. The reason I bring these points up is to help us understand that these are some of the factors that create insecurity in the hearts and minds of people. Right. You have a lot of insecurity in our world. Yeah. And when you look at instances such as this, you can surely see that uh, there's a lot that's going on that causes us to be concerned and to ask the question, is there anything we can depend upon? Is there anything that's so sure and certain that we can take it at face value? Well, our point is God's Word is sure, and we can have confidence in it, and we can be secure in what God says because when God says something, He really means it. Now, I think this is an important point, and I'd like for us to discuss it, Nat, especially in in light of this passage in 2 Peter 2, 4 through 10. And uh, that is some people think God really doesn't mean what he says. Uh, He doesn't really mean what he says in the matter of salvation. He doesn't really mean what he says in the matter of punishment and the warnings that we have regarding punishment. Uh, For that reason, because some people have this false notion about God, they give up on God altogether. Or they give just a lip service to God. By that I mean they're there for a little while and gone. They don't really devote themselves to the work of God and the worship of God as they should, and they certainly don't obey the Word of God, the Bible, as they should. So I'd like for us to discuss that today. I'd like for us to think about this passage 
in <clears throat> relationship to the fact that God really does mean what he says, and it's going to happen just the way God says it will happen, and we can have confidence in that and security in that, even though we live in a world that's filled with a lot of insecurity. You know, Jim, um, I think you're right. Uh, we live in a world almost, Jim, that uh, it seems they don't think that there's going to be a, a checking in time. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was growing up, Jim, and you were growing up, uh, we didn't have cell phones and this communication that uh, parents and children have today. And so I remember that there were checking in moments. There were checking in times where you had to basically give an account for what you've been doing today and what you where you were and what you've been doing. And, and uh, we've sort of gotten away from that mentality. And I believe... You made a really good point. Uh, people don't believe that God uh, is going to do what He said He's going to do. Right. Uh, I don't. You know, we talk, we spent a, a series, a five series, dealing on the Great Day of Judgment. Right. And I believe there's a lot of people that don't believe that that, or maybe they believe that day's coming, but that it won't have the uh, the full uh, power behind it that we've talked about, that God's going to be a little more lenient maybe, perhaps, that all good guys are going to get to heaven sort of mentality. Uh, I also remember, Jim, you know, when I was young, you know, you get in trouble early in the day, and my dad was always real good at saying, well, you know, later on this evening, we're going to have to handle this. You know, yeah, later on, yeah. there's a spanking coming. Yeah. And you'd play the rest of the day, and, and during the day, you'd forget it. Yeah. But uh, and maybe you'd hope that Daddy'd forget it. Yeah. But when it came time after dinner and everybody settled in, Daddy never forgot it. And, and we get lulled into maybe it's because God uh, maybe isn't uh, as active an agent maybe as he was in the time of Scripture where he dealt with people right then and there. We we forget that all of this wrath that God has because of sin is being filled up in a bowl, and one day that's going to overflow, and it's going to be poured out upon all those that are not sons of obedience. And so we don't need to forget that God is going to be the God that he said he's going to be and do the things he yeah. said he's going to do. We don't need to let this time slip up on us and and us forget that God is who he said he was. I guess all fathers are that way. My yeah. father was the yeah. same way. Yeah. And when you get home, you're going to get a whipping. Yeah. And you forgot about it, but when you got home, you got uh, the spanking you deserved. That's and right. the punishment that was appropriate for the problem that I had caused. And so I think we transfer that kind of attitude to God yeah. and his dealings with man. Yeah. Uh, God really doesn't mean what he says. God's going to overlook it. Yep. Or somehow, in my case, God's going to overlook this problem yep. and make me an exception. Well, does that hold true with the Scripture or not? No. I think it does not. When we read from God's Word and study from its pages, we're going to find that God means what he says with yes. regard to the matter of the conditions of salvation, the matter of the promises and the blessings to be received, and relative to the warnings and punishments which God will give. So look, we want to look at this passage now, Jim. Yeah, I think, think let's Second do. Peter two four. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. Let's look at this. For if God did not spare angels, now listen to this. If He did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment, if He did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes, 
he condemned them to extinction, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Are you are you listening? Do you hear this? Um, and if he rescued righteous Lot, greatly distressed by the sensual conduct of the wicked, for as that righteous man lived among them day after day, he was tormenting uh, his righteous soul over their lawless deeds that he saw and heard. Then the Lord knows how to rescue the godly from trials and to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment, and especially those who indulge in the lust of defiling passion and despise authority. You know, there, Jim, you see two two sides of the ball. You see uh, the angels being discussed here, uh, those that perished uh, with uh, at the time of Noah, those that perished in Sodom and Gomorrah, but then he brings it back to Lot and says, you know, he saved him from this uh, this torment that he was going through, uh, through Sodom and Gomorrah. And he knows how to save the godly from trials in verse 9, but then the other side, but to keep the unrighteous under punishment until the day of judgment. You know, God's going to remember. God's going to remember those who lived righteously, that were children of God, but he's also... He's got a long memory, and he's going to remember those who chose to live ungodly lives and and live for these passions uh, spoken about in in um, verse ten. You know, how are we living our lives? Are we living our lives serving God? Are we living our lives uh, in the indulging ourselves in the passions of this life? Uh, because God is making a memory bank, if you would of everything that you and I have ever done. And he's not going to forget. Uh, he's not going to forget one iota of of information about your and my, years of my life. And one day, we're going to also have to give an account for right. it. Right. That's so true, Nat. I, I think your point's exactly right. And that is, if God was true to his word with men and women of the Old Testament yep. and in the ancient days, then he's going to be true to his word to men and women in modern days. Yeah. And I think that's the point that Peter is making. That's the argument he's making. As you pointed out, we need to be careful about how we're living our lives yeah. because God's going to hold us accountable for that. Now, we we might think that we're going to get by with it. God really doesn't mean it. Yeah. We, we can excuse this in any number of ways that we can dream up. But the fact of the matter is... God held them accountable for what they did. God's going to hold yeah. us accountable for what we do. I've got a question for you, Jim. Do All you right. think that people, uh, like we read this and we say, yes, yeah, Sodom and Gomorrah and the time of Noah, those are so far back. It's in the old law. That's how God dealt wrathfully with those people. But we're, you know, we're in the New Testament time period. We're in the, we're in the new, uh, in the Christian age. You know, God doesn't act that vengeful anymore. You know, I believe they get confused. Is is the God of the Old Testament the same? Does he still have those same that same nature about him? And when does that come into play? Well, that's certainly a good question, Nat. In fact, a lot of people have that view. Some actually have expressed it and written it down, that the God of the Old Testament was one kind of God, but the God of the New Testament is a different God. But yeah. that, of course, is not true. Uh, God has always been concerned about the human heart, whether it be... Old Testament lives or New Testament lives. God has always been concerned about our obedience to his will, whether Old Testament or New Testament. God has punished and will punish all those who were wicked 
uh, he has in the Old Testament. He will, those of us who live in the New Testament. You know, there are people who lived under the Old Testament dispensation of time. By dispensation, we mean a long period of time in God's economy in which he was dealing with people. And you had the Old Testament dispensation, the Old Testament time. But none of us live under that now. All of us for the present, live under the New Testament. And we're amenable to or subject to the teaching of Christ and the inspired apostles. So I'm not being judged by the Old Testament. I'm going to be judged by the New Testament. But the point is that whether it was Old Testament or New Testament, God held man accountable for the way he lived. And I think that's Peter's point. He's the same God. He's the same loving God. His principles have not changed. Though he's changed and dealt with man in different ways under the different dispensations, uh, but he still, his principles of love and obedience and faithfulness are the same. You know, Hebrews chapter 13, 8, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Uh, The nature of God himself and the will of God, the word of God has not changed. We are to follow the principles which God has set forth and God cannot lie. <clears throat> Hebrews chapter 6 and verse yeah. 18, it's impossible yeah. for him to lie. It is <clears throat> not a part of his uh, nature. It goes against his very nature to lie. So the point is this, since you know God has not changed in his divine nature and his word, his principles that he deals with man, and it's impossible for God to lie, then we can know that what God says will be true. We can yes. have confidence in that. And be secure in that. And I think that's especially an important point. When we're living in a day and an age where uh, insecurity seems to reign supreme. Let's go back to this passage of 2 Peter, Nat, and look at it in a little more detail. And as Nat read it for us, I hope you go to your Bible and follow along with us. It's in 2 Peter chapter 2. And we're looking at verse 4 in this whole paragraph, verses 4 through 10 is a paragraph that is talking about the surety of God's Word, the confidence we can have in God's Word. It is a passage which is saying, if God says it's going to happen, it will happen. It is a passage which says, if God has dealt with them in the Old Testament this way, He's going to deal with us in the New Testament time this way. First of all, He mentions those angels. <coughs> and if you'll I'll study just for a moment, for if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell. You know, I wish I knew more about that. Yeah. Um, I don't know everything there is to know about that, but evidently there were angels yeah. who uh, did not have uh, a second chance like right. you and I do. Right. But these spiritual beings, when they were guilty of sin by their own choice, uh, God cast them into everlasting condemnation. Yeah. And um, it seems, though I'd like to know more about that, Still, the Bible makes clear. Now, you would think that if anybody or anything uh, would be cut some slack, as we sometimes say it today, it would be angels. Yeah. But no, No. there was no uh, give or take. In fact, I don't see any aspect of uh, uh, leniency here. And his point is if God did not spare them. Angels are created spiritual beings. We are created physical beings. Yeah. And if God did not spare these created spiritual beings when they sinned, yeah. uh, but cast them into hell and committed them to chains of gloomy darkness to be kept until the judgment. Yeah. And that gloomy darkness there conveys something of the idea of what hell will be like. Right. 
the darkness of it. Notice, well, yeah, go ahead now. Well, you know, that for if God, mm-hmm. you know, I definitely think that points out that uh, what you're saying is, you know, if he didn't spare these uh, majestic, beautiful, you know, when we read about angels and all the power and glory that they seem to have, and he's saying if 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 he didn't give them a shot, if he didn't, you know, if he if he made sure they paid the price, mm-hmm. then you better bet you're yeah. going to pay the price too. Exactly. You know, if That's he exactly if he didn't if he didn't let them off, he's not going to let you off. That's exactly the point. I hope you're reading and following along with us because it is a powerful Bible passage that talks about the fact that God means what He says. That's right. Uh, now, notice if he did not, I'm in verse 5, if he did not spare the ancient world, but preserved Noah, a herald of righteousness with seven others, when he brought a flood upon the world of the ungodly. In other words, uh, because of the wickedness of man, and we can go back to Genesis chapter 6 and read passages about that historical fact, and I believe it was a historical fact. I believe it happened just exactly the way the Bible said it happened, that there was a great flood that covered the world and destroyed mankind with the exception of these eight precious souls. And that God had warned Noah ahead of time to build an ark, and he, and he made an ark. Yeah. And he made it according to God's specifications. <clears throat> and doing that, he, his family, Noah and his family were spared. Yeah. They were saved. And so, but now the point of the passage is, uh, now if God didn't spare them, yeah. God did not spare that ancient world because of their wickedness. And therefore, he's not going to spare us because of our wickedness if we do not repent of the gospel. And I I think another point on that, Jim, um, you know, God had had set in his mind to destroy the world because every thought that they had had turned to evil. Right. But what this tells us, there were eight that that were able to get in that boat, in that ark. Yeah. That God, even though he's a God who, when he makes a decision, he made a decision to destroy that world, that if there is still righteousness, if there is still one that, uh, you know, you go back to Sodom and Gomorrah, you know, every time Abraham pleaded uh, that, you know, maybe perhaps save the city, he gave him another shot. If you can find this number of people, you know, perhaps I won't. And then, but there weren't, there weren't any to save in there. He said, you better get locked and get out. But he was willing to give man a shot if he would turn to him in yeah. righteousness. Yeah. And he gave eight people yeah. the the, uh, the ability to, to make it through. But there others could have been in that boat if yes. They, yes. they had been uh, found righteous by God. Exactly. And it's a good point you make. You know, God was sending out Noah to preach to them. Yes. He was a preacher of, of righteousness. righteousness. right? And he was trying to preach to them that this was going to happen. Yes. And I'm sure Noah was saying the very thing that we're saying. God means yeah. what he says yeah. here. He's going to destroy this world by means of a flood. Yeah. And I really think, Nat, as, as a side point and a brief one, that the geologic makeup of our world was changed considerably yeah. as a result of that flood. Yeah. I mean, water has tremendous power to it. Yes. And if you put that pressure over the entire world, it's going to make a a change in the look of the world. Right. And uh, it's going to cause the mountains to rise. It's going to cause the valleys to be dug and the canyons to be created because yes. of the great water that one day enveloped uh, this earth. And as I said, I believe it happened just exactly the way the, the Bible says it happened. Now, you have a lot of people... You always see every now and then they're looking for Noah's Ark. And uh, it rested, if you remember, on Mount Ararat. Yeah. 
The point about that is we're not sure where that Mount Ararat Peak is. Now, there's a mountain chain known as uh, the mountains of Mount Ararat today. But wh- yeah. which mountain is yeah. he talking about? Yeah. We don't know. And every now and then you'll see investigators or investigative right. journalists or s- explorers and researchers looking for Noah's Ark. Yep. But I tell you what, if they never find that ark, it doesn't matter. That's right. I know it was there at one time. Yep. I know that flood yep. took place. I know that God saved those people from that flood because the Bible says so, and the Bible as an inspired, authoritative book proves itself to be true. And it's not just an old story or a myth. Science has proved it over and over. When you find seashells and sea animal fossils up on top of mountains, that's got to tell you something. That tells you a lot there, doesn't it? Absolutely. Well, let's notice that here in verse 6, he talks about the people of Sodom and Gomorrah there, Nat. If by turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes. Now think about that. God destroyed them. I like this part here. I I mean, it it just brings... (laughs) He condemned them to what? To extinction. Yeah. You know, those are powerful words. When you think about something, uh, animals that have gone extinct, and, you know, uh, basically what he's saying there is he made them uh, where they did not exist at all anymore. Those people, they're gone. They're extinct. They're gone. You know, that that whole, whole, those families, that uh, lineage, everything, they were extinct. At that moment. Completely gone. Yes. As far as we know, they lie beneath the Dead Sea. Yeah. Uh, which would be an appropriate place for the people of Sodom <laughs> and yep. Gomorrah. Uh, he says here, condemn them to extinction, yep. making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. Yes. I say, that's the point. Yes. You can be sure this is going to happen. Uh, when God makes a promise, you can be sure that promise is going to be fulfilled. Yep. You know, Jim, one thing I've thought of as well about this, it's not only that they suffered this extinction, and you go back to the point with Noah and them, but we read that even in the time of Christ, there were, uh, you know, talks about uh, uh, Noah and those in prison, that they're still in prison today. They are still suffering today. It's not that oh, you're right. it ended here. You're right. It's that from this moment when this extinction took place, yeah, their their life took on another form uh, in the Hadean realm, and they have they're still there today, and have been since then. That's right. I mean, that's a long time ago yeah. that this has been been written about, Jim. Well, you know, people forget that fact yeah. that they think, well, this life is the end of it, when yeah. really it's not. And these are bad events. These are horrible yeah. events. Yeah. Yeah. But that wasn't the end of it. And some people come along and say, well, why could God do that? Now, yeah. You were bringing that point up yeah. earlier. Well, that's what sin deserves. That's right. This is what sin deserves. Now, we don't think it deserves that because we're guilty of yeah. sin. But the fact of the matter is a righteous and holy God knows exactly what sin does deserve. Absolutely. And he will give it a just recompense of reward when the time of judgment comes upon them. Yeah. Well, it is a... Uh, it is a sad case with regard to the people of Sodom and Gomorrah, but the United States and the world needs to wake up. That's right. Because we're falling into much of the same situation that they did then, and that's his point, um, making them an example of what is going to happen to the ungodly. We're in Second Peter chapter 4, and I'm studying with you verse 6. Nat and I are talking about uh, God's word means what it says, and we can have confidence in God's word and count on God's word because we know that his word is always true. Well, it seems very clear that 
I think that uh, we've established the fact that God truly does mean what he says with regard to his word. Let's move or step this up a bit and talk about God means what he says when it comes to the matter of faith and salvation. Why don't we turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, and Ned, I'll have you read that and uh, give all of our listeners the opportunity to get over to that passage. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, you'll remember this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, but it is a vital passage in helping us understand God means what he says. And it's, as you said, it is vital, you know. Uh, sometimes I think we we sugar this down or what, but we really need to get the gist of what this passage is saying here. It is it's such a vital, uh, important part. Uh, you know, like, like I said earlier, Jim, there's a big fashion or a big facet of people uh, that believe all good, like all good dogs go to heaven, yeah, all good yeah. boys go to heaven. Yeah. We need to read this and understand what it means. Uh, Matthew seven thirteen says, "Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide." And the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those enter by by it are many. For the gate is narrow, and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. You know, Jim, uh, it is easy to take a wide path. We were talking the other day about uh, you talking about you've done some hiking down in the Grand Canyon, and that those trails that those mules and all go down are not real wide and it's a there's been many that have lost their lives that have uh, went over the edge of those those trails you know life is difficult and life is is full of pitfalls and snares that catch uh people off guard and uh, the path to heaven is a narrow path that that you can fall off of you can you can uh be going the right way and not make it if you're not careful mm-hmm. it takes diligence it takes looking at the path making sure you're on the right path uh and this part here few that find it or that there are those that find it are few you know what does few look like i don't know what that number looks like but what it tells me when if i've got 10 i would say few's three if i've got 100 you know maybe it's three. i don't know what the number is but it's not the majority of people. Yeah. It's the minority of people. Yeah. Yeah, and that's so true, Ned. It's it's a Bible passage that everyone needs to carefully come to uh, grips with and understand. We're looking at Matthew chapter 7. Enter by the narrow gate, verse yeah. 13. For the gate is wide and the way is easy. That's the point you're making. Yeah. That leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. Yeah. I guess... Um, you know, we're just going to have to say that the Bible is saying those who obey the Word of God will receive God's blessings. Yep. Does God really mean that or not? Yep. Uh, those who reject the way and the will, the Word of God, yep. are not going to receive the blessings of God. Many will go to destruction. Well, I think, Jim, many people will not take this passage literally. Yeah. That they're like, well, you know, that that's pretty narrow to say that now, that just yeah. few are going to find it. Well, what he's saying there is there's going to be few people that choose to be obedient to God. Uh, and, and do we believe it? You know, do you believe this is a, to be a literal passage? I do. I do too. Uh, you know, yes. w- when we read that last passage, 
did Noah believe that there was a, a flood coming? Yeah. He did, and he was very few. There was yeah. eight. That's yeah. pretty few, isn't it? That's few. You know, Lot yeah. and Abraham coming out of, and his family coming out of Sodom and Gomorrah was very few. Right. Right. I believe it. I, I, be- I believe that God, when he says few, too. he means few. Exactly. And I want to be a part of that few. Exactly right. Well, Jim, our time is, is fleeting, and uh, we appreciate you being with us. Uh, tune in uh, with us through TGRN. Also, you can find us on iTunes uh, through podcasts. If you just look Broadway Church of Christ, Jim's got a lot of good sermons. Others have sermons, and also our radio programs on there. And we'd encourage you to listen however you can. Hope you'll be back with us again next week.